So hey, we've been in a series uh, called Started in DMs, and now we're here. Uh, and we've been talking about everyone's favorite topic, dating, relationships, sex, all the things that everybody wants to hear, what the church has to say, what the speaker has to say, what the pastor has to say, what the Bible has to say. And when I was in college, I was no different. Um, I wanted to hear what the church had to say about dating. I wanted to hear what the church had to say about relationships. Everyone loves to talk about it. But here's one thing um, that I, I found out after the fact, realized after the fact, I was so excited to go to church and to, um, to, to listen to people talk about dating. I was so excited about the dating series that I was a part of. But every time I was listening to one, I was single, literally every time. Um, I was never in a relationship when I heard a dating series, ever. Um, I was, from the time I graduated high school all the way up until two years into graduate school, there was about a se- like an eight year season where your boy was single like real single, like super single, like individually wrapped craft cheese singles type of single. You know what I'm saying? You, you get it, Emmett? Yeah, I didn't mean to call you out, but you said that kind of loud. Um, real single. And every time I was so excited to talk about dating, but I was single. Like my friends, I was always the single one growing up in high school. And even with my friends in college, I had three um, roommates that I lived with um, and all of them were in relationships. Two of them married their high school sweethearts. I was always the single one. I was always the single friend. And it wasn't like I was intentionally not dating. I wasn't like intentionally committing myself to not date for whatever reason. I, you know, I went on a few dates in college, went on a couple date nights in college, but nothing ever materialized in anything crazy. I was single for all four years, was not in a relationship. And that four years on the front end and the back end was a total of about eight years of just single. And I don't think it was my fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It might've been, it probably was, but I don't think it was my fault. And so we talked so much about dating, but I never really heard much about singleness. In fact, y'all, I was in eight weddings before I was in my own. Eight. Y'all seen that movie, 27 Dresses with Katherine Heigl? I could have been in one called 27 Tuxedos, okay? Because like, that was just me. In fact, I went into the Facebook archives and I pulled up a bunch of wedding photos from me and wedding parties. And I was single, Here's one, this is back from 2009, sorry for the blurriness, okay? Uh, First wedding I was ever in. Look at that hairline, wish I still had that thing. Uh, That's one, Uh, here's another one. Uh, Let's see, there's one, that's one of my best friends. Miles got married, fantastic, I was in it. Uh, This is our boy Ben, when he got married, look at Ben, look at Ben, look at him go. Got married before me, here I am. I was the best man though, what's up, bub? Um, and then uh, as our friend Kyle, there's been two. Me and Ben were in a lot of weddings together. Uh, again, another, another, another wedding. Uh, here's one of my friends from seminary. Again, the quality's getting better because it's getting further on in the technical history of the world. Um, but here I am, and here's my brother got married, kind of looks like me, everyone thinks he looks older than me. Don't tell me that because I'm two years older than him. Here's another one of my friends in seminary. I mean, I'm just telling you, like wedding after wedding after wedding. I was like, man, cool, I'm so glad I have friends would love one of them to be a girl. You know what I mean? Like, and then there was, there was one wedding I was in. I gotta tell you all this story real quick. Uh, there was this one wedding I was in and uh, it was for me and me and Ben were in this one together as well. And his name was Justin. He asked us to be in the wedding. And, uh, and he actually had called Ben first and said, hey Ben, would you be one of my groomsmen? And Ben said, yes. And he says, cool man, just buy a gray suit. So Ben calls me and he's like, hey man, um, did Justin call you yet to be in his wedding? I said, no. He's like, cool. If he doesn't, can I borrow your gray suit? I know you have one. I was like, sure, that's great. So anyways, Justin ends up calling me, asked me to be a part of the wedding. And I'm like, hey Ben, sorry, sucker. Uh, go buy a gray suit. I get to wear my own. So I told Justin, I was like, hey man, any gray suit? He's like, yeah, any gray suit. I was like, cool. He's like, if you need one, let me know. I said, no, I'm good. I got a gray suit. 
So he, so we do the whole thing. I bring my gray suit. We're getting ready at the, at the, at the wedding venue and we're all in like the groom's room and we're getting ready and we start putting our suits on. And I quickly notice we have different interpretations of what gray is. Yo, I'm not kidding. This is what that day looked like. <laughs> Who's wearing a gray suit? I am. They're wearing charcoal gray. And nobody told me that they were all gonna go buy it. Y'all, when I walked down the aisle, I had a friend who was watching at the wedding. He was like, Samer, I thought you were walking up to a scripture reading. Like, it was like, you are different. You know, my wife was so embarrassed. She was like, what did you do? I said, babe, he said gray. He said gray. I don't know what to do. I've been at so many weddings. I was in so many weddings before I was in my own. Um, I really experienced, I know, still crazy, right? Stop laughing too hard. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Laugh as much as you want. Um, but when I tell you, it was embarrassing. Thanks, I'm reliving all of that right now. Um, just kidding. Bring it in. When I tell you that I was in a season of singleness, I was really in one. And I wanted to hear about dating, but one thing that I never realized until after the fact is I really needed someone to talk to me about being single. Well, you know, we, we talked about what it's like to date well. I never heard a conversation or anyone at church talk to me about what it might look like to be single well. Like we talked about all these great dating strategies and how to be more loving and all that's awesome. And we talked about all that in this series, but no one ever talked to me about like a singleness strategy. And what's crazy is most people that show up to stuff like this are single. Raise your hand if you're in a relationship right now. Raise your hand if you're in a relationship. Oh, that's more than I thought, okay. Those are all the people that we hate. Now... <laughs> Raise your hand if you're single. Yeah, look around. These are all the people that can date. Hey, look, go ahead. Find one, find one real quick. Some hands went down real quick. Um, honestly, that might have been 50-50, maybe 60-40 to the single crowd. But my point is, um, we show up to these things and we always talk about dating. It's like, okay, well, what if I'm not? Cool, I can put something in like the back of my mind and remember for later, but what if I'm not dating now? And, 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 and maybe you've experienced this. Um, here's what I certainly felt like in my season of singleness, and I'm sure you've felt this. Even if you haven't been in it, some of y'all been in it, like, yeah, I've been in a season, it's been three weeks, and it's been so hard. Um, oftentimes, when we view singleness, we view singleness as a problem to fix. Like, singleness is like, we, it's something we wanna avoid. It's something that we've just got to endure. Like, for you, it's a problem to fix. Maybe it's been a problem to fix. Maybe it is a problem to fix. Like you're tired of being that single roommate all the time. You're tired of being the roommate that has to go back into your room whenever the girlfriend comes over, the boyfriend comes over because you don't want to third wheel it while they're watching a movie. Like you're tired of being that roommate, the, the roommate that um, never has any plans with their boyfriend or girlfriend and your other roommate does and you're just like, cool, get home safely. You know, like you're just tired of being the, you're tired of being the single roommate. I get it, I get it. For some of you just being honest, like it's miserable to be dating. To, to be single, excuse me. Some of y'all, it is miserable to be dating. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's just miserable being single. In fact, if we're just being really honest, I know we're being funny and we're gonna keep being funny, but if, 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 if you're just being totally honest, you're so miserable being single and you don't have to raise your hand, maybe you've even found it hard to be happy for your friend who is dating because you're just upset and miserable and your heart is growing a little bit bitter because you want what they have. You can't be happy for anybody. You're tired of taking people that you're not even really interested to date to formals and date nights, right? Like, I gotta take my friend again. Some of you, you don't even know how to be single. 
And so you're going from relationship to relationship to avoid being single. That's how you fix the problem. You'll date anybody and everybody to avoid being single. And maybe for some of you, here's what's happened. It's a problem to fix. And you started to think that maybe you're the problem. That maybe um, I'm not dating and I'm single because there's something wrong with me. And suddenly you become the problem. Suddenly you start looking in the mirror. Suddenly you start kind of looking at yourself in comparison to other people and think, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not dateable. Maybe I'm not attractive enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe no one's ever going to see me. Maybe no one's ever going to be attracted to me. I am the problem to fix. For you, you're single, if you're just being honest, you kind of feel like you're stuck in neutral and say, okay, well, I gotta get on with my life. <laughs> this is the worst. For some of you guys, maybe you experience this. You go to family reunions or family functions or Thanksgiving, there's always grandma. Are you dating anybody? Like, no, grandma, thanks for reminding me. Eat your sweet potato. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> but it always gets brought up. No, I'm not. I wish I was. We, we kind of see it as like a problem to fix. And because we see singleness as a problem to fix... Here's what we want to do. We see singleness then as a season to escape. It's a problem to fix, so then it's a season to escape. Like singleness is like the Super Bowl halftime show. The quicker it's over, the better. And let me just tell you, if this is you, I get it. I get it. We can laugh about it, but if we're also just being honest, it's also super discouraging sometimes. Lonely. Especially we're living in a world where they say it's easier than ever to find someone to date dating apps and social media. And, and, and for some of you, you're in college and you're surrounded by so many people and you're thinking, if I can't find somebody here, how in the world am I gonna find somebody when I'm not here? And it's discouraging. And yeah, sometimes it's hard and that's okay. So here's what I wanna do tonight for just a few moments. I wanna have the conversation with you that I wish somebody had with me. What I needed in college I didn't need someone to just tell me, hey man, it's okay, like you're gonna find her. It's okay, buddy, like don't worry. I needed someone to give me, <laughs> yeah. I needed someone to give me a fresh perspective on singleness. I needed someone to help me flip the script on singleness. I needed someone to breathe some fresh um, insight and perspective into how I was viewing this season of singleness I was in. And so that's what I wanna do for just a few moments tonight. I wanna give you a fresh perspective on your singleness. And even those of you that are in a relationship, I mean, I'm rooting for y'all, but ain't no way all y'all gonna make it. You're gonna find your... I'm just, come on, numbers, people. I'm rooting for you. I hope, I hope, it, I hope it works out. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, what if it's me? Um, but... You're gonna find yourself single again, I'm sure, I'm sure. And so really this is for anybody and everybody. I wanna give you a fresh perspective on singleness and I wanna give you some hope because I believe that God wants to do something in and through your life in this season and I believe singleness and when you are single is such a unique season for it to happen. And so that's where we're gonna go for the next few minutes. Um, the Apostle Paul actually talked about singleness. I don't know if you knew this. Um, there's not much about dating in the Bible, but Paul talks about singleness. Um, and we're gonna look at that in just a second, but I wanna set it up because um, Paul, we're gonna read in 1 Corinthians, he preferred, say as far as we know, Paul was single his whole life. Um, he preferred singleness. He's gonna encourage some Christians who were single to stay single, but I'm not going to encourage you to just stay single forever. Like, don't freak out. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, my pastor said never get married. Like, that's not where I'm going. Here's what I wanna do though. We're gonna look at 
Paul preferring singleness over being married as his context. We're gonna apply to us as to mean any relationship. But um, I wanna look at why he preferred it. Because when we look at why he preferred it, it's gonna help us get a fresh perspective on why we can change the way we might view our season of singleness that we're in. So get your pencils ready or pens or notes app, whatever you prefer. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 32. This is what the apostle says. Um, Best Paul said, I would like you to be free from concern. Context of relationships, context of marriage. I would straight off the bat, this is like the thesis for the rest of the passage. I want you to be free from concern. You don't have to think about anything or anyone other than yourself. And then he goes on to explain it. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman, excuse me, or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs, her aim to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Now, I know oftentimes people are in, in scripture, like when they talk about like the things of this world, it's like negative and it's like sinful. Um, I think Paul just literally meant it quite literally here. I don't think he meant it as like the things of this world are evil. No, no I think he just meant it like, hey, when, when you are in a relationship, when you are married, you are no longer able to do nothing but just be a part of what God wants to do in this world. No, 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 now you're also concerned with things in this world because you are in a relationship. That word, that phrase, free from concern, it literally means anxieties. Things that you would be worried about, things you would be thinking about, things that would constantly be on your mind. And Paul is saying, hey, I would prefer for you guys, the ones that he's writing to, the ones that are single, look, I would prefer for you guys to be free from concern. Like I'm single and I'm, 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 the, I'm, I'm doing some incredible work for God. I can be fully devoted to what God wants me to do and what I'm doing in the world. Now, what he wants to worry about, I would prefer you be free from concern. Now, let me be very clear about something. Here's what Paul is not saying. Paul isn't saying um, that if you're single, you're more spiritual than those that are married, okay? And that's not where he's going. And he isn't saying if you're married, you can't please the Lord or be concerned about the Lord's affairs. No, no, no. The Apostle Paul is actually just making a really um, simple statement of the reality of being in a relationship. That whenever you want a relationship with somebody else, your interests quite literally are divided. They have to be. Because you've got to focus on that other person. But you also wanna pay attention to the things that God wants to do in and through your life. And so here's, it's a very, very simple thing the Apostle Paul is teaching us. Relationships are great, <laughs> but they are also distracting. They're great. I'm in one. I'll talk about that in a minute. But, but they're distracting. And I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean quite literally. They take energy, time, and attention from you that could be somewhere else. Just a matter of fact, they're distracting. Like, let's just talk about just dating for just a second. You, start, you meet somebody. You start texting all the time. Suddenly you're starting to think about all the texts that you're sending. Is this too many exclamation points? Is this too many emojis? I don't know. You wake up, you're wondering, why didn't they text me back? Oh, I see the dots. I wonder if they're gonna text me back. And then you start kind of progressing in a relationship. Suddenly you've got plans every weekend. Suddenly you can't just make plans on your own because you've got somebody else to worry about. You've got less time to yourself. Not a bad thing, just a reality of the situation when you start dating. You start meeting his friends, 
You don't really like his friends, but it doesn't matter because they're his friends. You start meeting her friends. You don't really want to hang out with her friends. doesn't matter. They're her friends. Now you've got emotional energy that you're spending on friends and you're meeting new people. You might like them, but you're still meeting new people. And then you get in fights. There's drama. You break up. You get back together again. You break up. You get back together again. You break up and you get back together again. Some of y'all, some of y'all, that's way too true for you guys. They're the ones that aren't gonna make. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm rooting for you. Rooting for you. Rooting for you. I know I'm not. Statistics. I am rooting for you. That's true. I am rooting for you. Yeah. But and and then look. <laughs> Distracted. And have you ever been to church with someone that you like? Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, right now. Like, think about it. You think about so many things. You ain't thinking about the church service. You, you spent more time thinking about what you were gonna wear. And you get into the church service and you're like, okay, are they gonna think I'm weird when I raise my hand? I don't know, it's worship. I like, I want them to know I'm spiritual, but not like too much. So maybe I'll just do this. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. You ain't thinking about the song, bruh. And then you're sitting down during the message and it's like, oh, our knees are touching. <laughs> Does do she notice? Does he, if, if, I, if I move it, it's, uh, she'll, yeah, it's awkward. It's obvious. Don't move it. Just leave it. Uh, 10 minutes lost in the message because you're worried about your knee touching her knee. <laughs> and then it's time to pray. You both put your heads down and you get a whiff of her hair. You're like, oh my God. You know, you're not thinking about the prayer. Nor should you be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Distracting, not bad, just true, you know? It's just, it's just, again, not bad, just the reality. Relationships are just not bad, but it's just true. And then one day you might get engaged. Anybody engaged in the crowd? Anybody, anybody engaged? Fantastic, yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations, that's awesome. Um, now you, you gotta start thinking about, you gotta pay for a ring. Woo, good luck with that. Eventually you're gonna get a registry. Registries are fun. But that's cool. Again, it's not a bad thing. Uh, it's a fun thing, but it's energy that you got to do. Then you got pressure of planning a wedding. And guys, you better be good at helping whoever your fiance is one day plan a wedding. And then you got to figure out how you're going to merge your lives together. A lot of energy, apartment, house, where, here, there, close to my work, your work, your family, my family. No, you know, like there's a... <laughs> and then you start to figure out how you're going to fit your life together with somebody else. Like that's a, that's a lot. Then you... Then you get married. We need to do a marriage series at the living room one day. That would be fantastic. Um, but now you gotta live with somebody else. Like their stuff is in your closet. Their stuff is in your bathroom. Their stuff is literally now your stuff, but it's still your stuff. I mean, you gotta figure out how to live together. Buying a house, washer, dryer, refrigerator, splitting holidays with families, y'all. The biggest fight to this day that me and my wife, Julie, have ever been in was the first holiday we had to split. Oh my gosh. And it was in public. It was awful. And it was my fault. Okay. Like I was like, I was like, my traditions are more important. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. But literally the biggest fight we've ever gotten because it's so emotional. Wait, I can't go to my family's house for Thanksgiving? I'm sorry, who do you think you are? You know, it's like this, you gotta figure it out and you will, and it's just a part of the process. But again, it's just, it's just the thing, in-laws? <laughs> I got lucky, my in-laws are fantastic. They go to this church, I hope they hear this message, Christmas is coming up, um, but I really did get lucky. 
But I have some friends that didn't get so lucky that it, it creates tension. Creates drama. You're not just marrying one person. You're marrying into a family, and that's just crazy. Then one day you're going to have kids. I'm not even going to go there right now because I don't need to, but you get it. You get it. Now, here's my point. I'm not saying any of that is bad. All that is really good. It's normal. It's a part of relationships. It's a part of dating. It's a part of being engaged. It's a part of getting married. But here's the point that I'm trying to make, and, and here's what point Paul's trying to make is there's actually value and purpose in being single and being free from concern of anything connected to another person where you're free from concern to worry about, okay, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. That's actually a gift. Again, you're like, no, 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 Sam, you don't understand. I want all that stuff. No, no, I get it. I know you do. But just for a second, the perspective of, but okay, but now I've got all that energy, all that resource, all that time, all that for me. That's why he goes on to say, I'm saying this for your own good. I'm saying this for your own good. Not to restrict you. I'm not trying to like hold you back from what you ultimately, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I just, it's for your own good. But that you may live in a right way and undivided devotion to the Lord. That word good means profitable to your advantage. And here in the context, he's talking about, hey, this good thing for you is that you can live your life in full service to God, undevoted, undistracted devotion to God. And if you're a Jesus follower, we're gonna dig into that in just a second. And if you're not, guess what? You can still live undistracted and undevotion to anything else that you want, not just another person. Because here's what's true. You ready? You should write this down. And this is obvious, you get this, but you'll never have more time energy and attention or freedom than when you're single. Like, you're never in your life gonna have more time, more energy, and more freedom than when you're single. It's just true. I've been married for six years, and I love my, my wife, Julie, more than anything. I'm crazy about her. I love our life together. I've got two kids, Harper and Samantha. Being a dad is my favorite. We've got a third on the way, January 1st. And I can't, we don't know what it's gonna be, by the way. People have asked me the gender is we're gonna choose to be surprised. So I'm gonna find out when, whoop, comes out. Um, but <laughs> I wouldn't trade my life for anything. I love being a husband. I love being a dad. They're the two most important things in my life. And then being a pastor is third. I mean, I love it so much. I wouldn't trade it for anything. They're gifts to me. But here's just the reality of my situation. I have committed, don't miss this, I have committed for the rest of my life to consider Julie, Harper, and Samantha, and my unborn future children before I make any decision for myself. For the rest of my life, I have, other than like maybe what I'm gonna order at Chick-fil-A, right? But you get what I'm saying. For the rest of my life, I've committed to considering them before I consider myself. That's what a good husband would do. That's a way that I can honor God as being a husband and the way I'm gonna honor God as being a loving dad. Like every decision, the way I handle my money, my time, travel. Y'all, I gotta like nine holes of golf it's gonna be three weeks on the calendar minimum for it to work out with me and Julie, right? Because for me to be gone for a few hours on a Saturday, that's a really big deal because every decision I make now impacts other people. Every decision I make now impacts them. So for the rest of my life, and I've signed up for it. I'm not complaining. I'd love to do it. I've signed up for it. However, there's a freedom that you have that I just don't. 
And I'm not kidding. There was a couple of you that texted me um, that go to TLR. He texted me, literally, it was Saturday at like nine o'clock. Hey, you want to golf at 12? And I said, LOL. <laughs> you know, like, no, I need way more than three hours, bro. Like maybe two months. I just, you have more freedom than I do. That you are not committed in a, from, in a context of a relationship with another person, a, a romantic relationship with another person, to consider them, you've got the freedom, time, energy, focus, money, attention. Here's, here's what's ultimately true. It's not just freedom for freedom's sake. Man, it's freedom with a purpose. Because some of you are like, man, I don't know, this singleness, I, I, don't, I don't know. No, no, there's, there's freedom with a purpose. And, and what you need to hear tonight as well is, look, the main storyline of your life is not your dating relationship status. It's not whether or not you're gonna get married one day. Like, I just need you to know tonight, the main storyline of your life is that there's a heavenly father that wants to know you. And you might not believe in him or not, and that's okay, I'm glad you're here, but there's a heavenly father that sent his son to die for you so that he could live in relationship with you. The main storyline of your life and what does and doesn't define you, and you might wanna go back and listen to week one, we really dug into this idea, is not your relationship status. So being single, man, it, it's a gift. It's an opportunity. It's freedom with a purpose. And here's what I don't want for you. I don't want you to waste it. I don't want you to waste it on hours of video games, by the way. I mean, I guess you could do that. That'd be a terrible way to spend your freedom. But I also don't want you to waste it wishing it away because this is so true. Watch this. This is, this is human nature. We will overlook the benefits of the season we are in because we're looking to the benefits of the season that we wish we were in. We overlook where we are right now in the benefits of right now because we're so focused on what we want later. And I don't want you to miss what God has for you in this season because you're so focused and hoping for what might come in the next one. And for some of you, I don't want you to waste it by being in a relationship that you don't need to be in. Because if I can just be honest, for some of you, you're in a relationship and the only reason you're in one is because you're afraid to be single. But it's not a healthy one. It's probably not one that you would choose to be in if maybe you saw singleness a little bit differently. I don't want you to waste this freedom that you can use with a purpose. And so because that's true, here's what I wish somebody had told me. Is that singleness is not a season, is a season, excuse me, to embrace, not a season to escape. It's not a problem to fix. It's a season to embrace. It's a season to leverage. There's freedom in the season to leverage. It's not a season to escape. No, no, it's a gift to enjoy. Will a relationship one day be a gift to enjoy? Yeah. But you're gonna be able to enjoy this one a little bit differently. It's a unique opportunity for you to take advantage of. And look, I get it. Um, you want somebody up in your DMs. All good, I get it, I get it. And is it for sure that, 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 that you're gonna get married one day? I can't, I can't promise that. God doesn't promise any of that. Is it for sure like in your future gonna be this perfect relationship that's gonna work out the way that y'all want it to? Statistics would say for most of you, yeah, that's, that's exactly what's, what's going to happen. Not for sure. But I don't want us thinking about what's next and missing what is right now. So, you want somebody up in your DMs, that's great. I would like to give you some alternative action steps and worrying about the relationship status, worrying about the DMs and trying to escape this season. I wanna give you four things you can do to start embracing this season and milking it for everything that it can be 
worth. So four things that I'm gonna give you that I want you to invest in in this next season. And the first one is this. I want you to invest in God's word. I want you to invest in God's word. I want you to spend time with your heavenly father. Like I want you to spend time with the God that loves you. I want you to spend time reading the scriptures. I want you to spend time, and maybe you're like, I've never read them before. Cool, start in the gospels and learn about who Jesus is. Can I just tell you how practical this can be? Like me, I like to read the Bible in the morning. That's what I like to do. That's kind of like my time. My kids like to get up early in the morning. And if I don't get up before them, um, then it kind of, my morning routine is off. This happened literally this morning. Samantha got up before me and I get up at 5.30, okay? Yeah, free from concern. I ain't never having kids, right, right? And so, so she woke me up this time. So I got up with her and I was, I was, I, we sat downstairs. I put on Blue's Clues and You for her and I started reading and I'm in, I was reading Luke. I was trying to read Luke chapter 17 today. That's where my Bible plan has me reading. And I tried to read it and she, it was the sweetest thing. I put her on the couch next to me and she crawled up. She kind of hit my book. She looked at me and then she crawled into my lap. And so I said, I'm reading my Bible. No, of course... <laughs> Of course I didn't do that. You know what I did? I closed my Bible and I snuggled with my daughter this morning because that's what she needed from her dad. But here's what I'm telling you. I gotta figure out another time now to read Luke chapter 17. And tomorrow I'm gonna try to get up again and do my thing. But guess what? When you're single, you don't have those moments. When I was in seminary, I committed to trying to read the Bible for an hour once a day, just like a, like a book. I wasn't taking notes and trying to understand everything. I would just set a timer. And then whenever it would go off, I would stop. It would be unbelievable how much I got through. I want you to dig into it. And not just to dig into it for a second. I want you to learn about yourself. I want you to learn about what God says about you, how he defines you, not what a relationship says about you. But you want to talk about one of the best things you can do with the time and the energy that you have is soaking up God's word and letting him speak to your heart. The second thing I want you to invest in I want you to invest in God's work. Like, watch this. You have more time than ever before to be a part of something bigger than you. You've got, you know one of the best things you can do in college with your time? One of the best things you do in college with your energy, if you have a lot of time and energy, especially if you're not in a relationship, get involved in something bigger than yourself. If you're dating, you should do that. But guess what? You have less time to do it than someone that's not dating. Like you should get involved in this church if you call this church home. You should serve at this church. You should serve in Womble in our preschool ministry, Upstreet, our K through five ministry, Trends at our middle school ministry, Inside Out, our high school ministry, here at the living room on our host team or anywhere else that our church offers you to serve, which is pretty much anywhere and everywhere. You should be a part of what God is doing. One of the best things I did in college was serving at my church. Literally from my first semester, my freshman year, up until I graduated, I was a part of what God was doing. And I learned so much. I built some incredible community, some great relationships. And it's one of the best times of my life. Man, get involved in God's work. You should go on a mission trip. You should go on a mission trip. You can literally go on a mission. It doesn't matter what people are doing on spring break. You don't have a boyfriend and say, hey, would you like to go to spring break with me? You don't have a girlfriend and say, oh, well, we're going on spring break. You can literally do whatever you want. I got to go on a mission trip every spring break of my college, of my college years, all four years. You've got the time to do that. You can go be a part of what God is doing. Invest your energy in something bigger than you. It's an investment that will bring so much return into the kingdom, but also into your own heart, into your own life. Invest in God's work. 
Again, for all of you. But especially if you're in a season of singleness, you're looking, what do I do with this extra energy, this extra attention? I mean, there's some high school students that would love to know that you care for them. Some preschoolers that would love attention from you. A church that's like, hey, come be a part of what God is doing because we need your energy. We need your time and we need your heart. So let's do it together. I want you to invest in God's work. Third, I want you to invest in friendships. This is a big one. This is a big one. Because you can start investing in friendships that are gonna outlast some relationship you just randomly chose to be in in college. And can I just tell you this too? That the nature of friendships change when you get in relationships. Some of you are like, yeah, I never see her anymore. You know, but, but really though, and when you get married, like some of my best friends, like Ben, he's a perfect example. You guys know Ben, so it's a good example. Um, we literally lived together. We hung out all the time. Then we both got married. And if I didn't see him at work, we'd hang out occasionally. We're still close. We text, we talk on the phone all the time. But again, we've got families. We're married. We can't just say, let's just go hang out and play FIFA tonight, right? But I'm so grateful that I didn't get a lot of things right. But one of the things I got right, and this was just on accident, I just, I got to develop some really great friendships and I poured into them when I had all the time and energy to. So now, even though they don't get as much attention and like hanging out with as they did when we were in college, there's a foundation there that was built when we were single and now we're married and our kids play together. And I don't have to see them every day for us to have a really great friendship. I want you to invest in friendships that are gonna be life-giving. Invest in community that's gonna be there for you in college, but also invest in friendships that's gonna lay a foundation for friendships that will be in your life for the rest of your life. No matter your relationship status, no matter how much time you're able to give or not give it, one of the best things you can do is invest in these lifelong friendships. I want you to, and then the fourth is this. I want you to be a little selfish and I want you to invest in yourself. Like, focus on you, man. Like, like, do some of the hard work in your own heart. Like, invest in yourself. Learn about yourself. Learn about what you're good at. Learn about um, what you're not good at. Learn about your personality. Learn about some of the things that make you come alive. Ask yourself some difficult questions. And watch this. Investing in yourself will set you up to be this version of yourself when you might step into a relationship. You become the best version of yourself like Ben talked about in week two when you finally step into a relationship and suddenly both of you guys may be invested in yourself and both of you are a little bit more mature and suddenly this relationship, man, it's got some, it's got some grit and it's got some foundation because you did some of the hard work of taking care of yourself. Have some fun. Travel the world just because you can. Do a study abroad. I, that's the one, I wish I'd done a study abroad because I didn't have a girlfriend that I would miss for six weeks or whatever it is, man, you know? Find a job that you love, like, I don't know, a coffee shop or something that's like, I can do this, I can do this. Invest in yourself. I want you to invest in God's word. I want you to invest in God's work. I want you to invest in friendships that will be an infinite return on your life for the rest of your life. And then I want you to invest in yourself. And if you just kind of use that as a framework, Tell you, man, it'll transform the season of singleness that you are in. And rather than just trying to escape it, soak it up for what it's worth, embrace it for what it's worth, and watch God do something incredible in your life.
Because just because your DMs aren't full doesn't mean this season can't be. Because it can. And there's a heavenly father that loves you. And there's a heavenly father that sees you. And there's a heavenly father that wants great things for you and for your heart. And he wants you to embrace this season because he's got something for you in this season. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we're grateful. We're grateful that you see us and we're grateful that you love us. and We're grateful that you're always with us and we're grateful that you desire relationship and devotion and communion with us. So Heavenly Father, would you meet us where we are tonight? Would you encourage the heart that feels like there's something wrong with them? Would you encourage the heart that has tried to escape this season of singleness for far too long? Would you give them the courage to look at what it might look like to embrace it? Would you give them the courage to have difficult conversations? Would you, would you give these students the courage to lean in to who you are and to your word and to your work and to the friendships you've put around them and even into themselves? We love you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the community you've surrounded us with and the place you've given us to have these helpful conversations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love y'all. See you later.